It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. When Flow flows, she flows in the know. Mind ruminates the rates. Shown them all, I heed the call. Seeing the rest, I choose the best. Sometimes it's ours, sometimes it's not. When the fox walks, is it called a fox trot? That's a real question. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This is the best Celtics podcast day to day. Especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth, you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth, they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth, you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J. King. Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring. So you can miss me with the blah, blah. No more Geno time, we watching Jay do the Zaza. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us part of your daily routine wherever you are, in the car, at the gym, at work. We want to thank you for including us in your Celtics experience. The Celtics tonight did not start most of their starters, so we are not starting most of our starters today. It's just me, one-third of the Rain and Jays, John Corrales, while Jay King works the room at the Garden, and Sam Jam Packard sits home sick. So get well soon, Jam. And I'm just going to carry us through a postgame where the Celtics crushed, crushed the Philadelphia 76ers, 113-96 in a battle of backups. Uh, The Celtics had some impressive showings from a lot of different guys. But again, all of this, take this all with one big asterisk. I know that this is a preseason game, and I know it was against Philly, and it was against Philly's mostly lesser players. So we're not going to take a ton out of this. So that caveat, that blanket caveat exists from the beginning. So let's talk about the things that we saw tonight. First of all, Marcus Smart, I want to bring him up first because Marcus Smart, I think, had a very nice night and he showed the side of his game that most benefits, I think, from his weight loss, which is that lateral motion. We've mentioned this on the show before, that lateral motion that gets him past the defender. And another thing I've said before, and I'll just say it again, it's those little things that little extra burst that little extra ability that gets you from point A to point B maybe a half second sooner. That little thing is the absolute difference between success and failure in professional sports. So Marcus Smart's ability to go laterally, go from left to right as he's dribbling, to do it a half second faster because he's lighter, is the difference between him getting past the defender and him brushing up against the defender and thus not being able to make a secondary move after he gets past that first defender. So he makes a move, the first guy, he bumps him, he can't get past the second guy, and it becomes a contested shot. Now 
He gets past the first guy. Then he gets in, into the second guy's body, and now he's going up and challenging and putting a shot up and getting a shot that can have the potential to fall after drawing a foul. Those are the types of plays that make the difference. So when we talk about Marcus Smart losing weight, some of the things that we saw tonight in this game against Philly are the things that we're looking for. So I want to acknowledge right off the bat that Marcus Smart's aggressiveness was impressive. I liked him getting to the rim. And he shot two of three from three, which is very nice. He is now shooting over 58%, 58.3%, I think, from the uh, from three-point line for the preseason. But even more impressive to me is his ability to get to the rim. The shooting, we've seen actually Marcus Smart get hot from three before. I want to see that continue. But as one of the things that I mentioned in my halftime periscopes, which as an aside, if you're not following me on Twitter at Reds Army underscore John, or if you don't watch the games on Twitter, I want to let you know that one of the things that I'm doing is a halftime show on Periscope. So follow me on Twitter and at halftime, look, you, you can watch one of these other halftime shows. That's fine. You can watch, they, they do a fine job, but you get, a little bit of analysis, you get one point made, and then it's time to take a commercial. And then you come back and you see one replay of a game, part of the game, and then you see another commercial. And they ask you for a tweet, and one person gets a tweet on TV, and then there's another commercial, and then the halftime is over. So, I'm here to fill that void. I'm not trying to take away from it, I'm just here to fill the void. If you want questions answered... Some interaction. I'm doing the best that I can on Periscope. I'm still tweaking. I'm still trying to figure out exactly how it works, the best way to do it. But follow me at Reds Army underscore John, and I will be on Periscope for most half times. I'm not going to say all because there might be a time where I just can't do it physically. I just can't do it. But my effort this season, the thing I'm adding to my coverage this season of the Celtics will be the Periscope halftime shows. So follow me there. I will answer as many questions as possible, make it as interactive as possible. We'll talk. I'll give you my analysis. I'll answer your questions. I'll address your comments, and we'll do it that way. But so one of the things that uh, I've been looking at and the thing that I mentioned on Periscope is I'm looking at Marcus Smart's shooting form. And I think he might have made a little tweak. I'm going to take a closer look at that and see the tweaks that he has made to make that shot a little more consistent. And I, I feel like at first blush that he's made uh, a little bit of an adjustment with his shooting form. And it may be a continuation because I remember last summer the shooting form was a, a big point of emphasis for him. This might be the culmination of that. This might be the next step forward for that. So Marcus Smart, to me, very impressive tonight in 17 minutes of play. Didn't play a ton, but very, very impressive. Also impressive, Terry Rozier, who I will admit that I've been kind of, uh, what's the word, wishy-washy on? Like I like Terry Rozier, Tito Three Sticks, as Sam Jam Packard would say, but I... I question, my only question with Terry Rozier is when everybody is playing and fully healthy, how many minutes does he get? And does he perform like he did tonight? Now let's look at his numbers. 15 points, 
10 rebounds, 6 assists. Hell of a night for Terry Rozier. Hell of a night. 4 of 7 from the free throw line. I'm not going he makes one more that that percentage looks a lot better. But overall, great night. A plus 25. Not putting too much emphasis on the plus minus, but he he did have a positive, big positive impact on the floor. So Rozier looked really good. I want to see that throughout the season, which I know, obviously, duh, that's freaking some analysis there. Of course we want to see him do well. We want to see everybody do well throughout the season. My point is, I want to see Rozier do it consistently. And I, I'm, only, I'm withholding judgment on Rozier. I'm not as excited about Tito Three Sticks as my co-hosts are, or at least one of my co-hosts are. So, but nice performance. Needed to see that out of Rozier. And as, uh, let's see, I'll go pull up one of the Rain and Jays tweets. Uh, let's see, at Rifesey. Preseason Tito looking like playoff Tito. So that's oh, and that's another thing, by the way. As an aside, hit us with the Rain and Jays hashtag during games. We won't get to all of them, but we'll try to sprinkle those in as, as much as we can throughout our postseason. I mean, our post game podcasts. So very nice night for for Terry Rozier. Definitely preseason Tito looking like postseason Tito. So that was a, a nice thing. Uh, and after the game, Brad Stevens made note specifically of Terry Rozier's defense, which was very nice tonight, that he's really made good strides, and it's a testament to, to him. So those were Brad's comments after the game about Terry Rozier. It's, it's important to understand that, I mean, this is a guy that's only been in the league a couple of years. He's, he's really only just kind of getting into – a, a bit of a groove. He's finding uh, a little bit of a spot behind Marcus Smart and behind Kyrie Irving. We'll see if he gets to play alongside Marcus in that second unit. It's a lot of fun to think of Rozier and Smart together in the backcourt. It was kind of funny because I think last year we were envisioning Terry Rozier as the backup point guard, which Danny Ainge flat out said he was going to be. Terry Rozier, I think, as the backup off guard, is much better suited with Marcus Smart as the point guard. So those two guys really stood out in this game. Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh, well, uh... Honey? Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um... Well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call Geico, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, sunshine. (laughs) Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Uh, I want to mention, as well, Jalen Brown, who was attacking a lot tonight. I think Jalen Brown struggled a little bit when he was attacking the rim, and he put himself in a lot of positions to get to the rim. Didn't seem like he had a plan necessarily. I thought he just kind of drove and dove into defenders and was trying to coax the ball up. There was a time where he got up in the air and had nowhere to go and he, he turned the ball over. I, I like Jalen Brown being aggressive. I definitely like Jalen Brown being aggressive. And 
overall, he had a good impact on the night. 12 points, 9 rebounds, and assists, the steal. He did have 4 turnovers, which led the team. But he was also a plus 28, which led the team. And so I, I think that Brown is still evolving offensively. He had some nice moves. He hit a couple of nice baskets. I think that uh, Brown showed some flashes of the things that we're looking for him to do. And then I think he showed uh, where he needed to to improve a little bit. And those drives to the basket, again, very nice, very nice. but. Still, he didn't get calls, so his his free throw percentage, I mean, his field goal percentage looks not great. 5 of 13, 38.5%. Maybe a couple of those calls could have gone the other way and he would have taken more than three free throws, but I'd still like to see him attack, I feel like, just a, more of a plan. When I say you need a plan, you need to understand where the defense is. And when you drive, you need to be able to have, give yourself options. So when he's driving, maybe, and, and one thing that I tweeted out is if he could get a consistent floater, which he showed a little bit and he's not shown much of, he, showed, he took one and he hit it, that would be an amazing shot for him to have. Because, especially off the wrong foot, when you drive and you have a plan, that means you drive and you can see this guy's going to step up. That jumping off the wrong foot floater, and I tweeted this out when Kyrie Irving was playing one-on-one with Brown and Tatum and one of the other D-League, soon-to-be D-League guys. That jumping off the wrong foot thing just keeps a defender off balance. And when you can keep a defender off balance, again, going back to that half-second thing, you jumping off the wrong foot throws off his timing, he's off balance, you rise up, you get a shot up a half-second before he reacts. That's the difference between him blocking or challenging a shot and you getting a nice little floater up onto the rim, nice, soft, and once it hits, it's on the rim, it has a chance to go in. So that's what I want from Jalen Brown to give himself options rather than being a freight train. He's super athletic and he can get to the rim. That's great. And he can absorb contact and he can, kind of, he can get shots off and put it up and give him give it uh, the ball a chance to go in. That's fine. But it can't be every drive. That can't be every drive. I want him to go and drive and see, recognize there's a big guy coming at me. So I... Going up body to body against the guy who's bigger than you, that's not a great idea because principle of verticality, he can jump straight up, you can jump straight up, your bodies can can collide, there's no call, and now his arms are just way up above, he swallows you up. The ability to drive and recognize that and stop on a dime and maybe step back, a little fade away, or like I said, jump off the wrong foot, offhand, throw his timing off a little bit, get that shot up off the rim. That's the type of stuff that is the next step in Jalen Brown's drives. But again, he did drive. He did get to the basket. He just needs to evolve and learn. He hasn't even really officially begun his second year in the league. So it's not necessarily a knock on him. It's just a thing that he needs to do. So that's my take on Jalen Brown's night. A couple other guys... Uh, that are that really had 
uh, some impressive numbers. You gotta you gotta give a shout out to Mr. Combat Muscle Semi Ojale. Uh, overall, sixteen points on five of eleven shooting, four of seven from three for Big Shimmy Ojale. Big time shooting from three, including a fancy step back. That was nice. Uh, four rebounds, just a couple of turnovers for Ojale. A nice night for him. He did most of his damage in the third quarter where he scored 13 points on four of six, three of four from three, two of three from the line. I mean, that was his breakout quarter. That just goes to show what his potential is. Again, third quarter, caveat, blah, 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 blah. Those were the things that uh, were the mitigating factors in this, but still. Against the competition that he saw, he took advantage of it. He has the ability to hit that three in bunches. We saw it in the Summer League. There was that Lakers game in Vegas where he just took over and hit a bunch of threes in a row. Ojale has that ability. So, nice night from Ojale. That third quarter was fun. That third quarter was a lot of fun for him. Yabusele also had a fun night. I really enjoyed the dancing bear out there. Uh, not a big statistical night for Yabusele. Just seven points, five rebounds, but three steals and three blocks. I want to make note of, I mean, a couple of those steals. I mean, he just ripped the ball out. It was not quite Marcus Smart FU steals, but still really nice. Although Marcus Smart did come up with a uh, an FU steal, which was really nice. But Yabuselli defensively, really nice. He's he's impossible to move. You like if you jump into him and he's stationary, you're not knocking him down. You're bouncing off of him. So uh Dancing Bear, nice night. Uh stood out in my mind with uh, a nice performance. And he showed he can hit the three. He was two of four overall from three. So he can hit that shot. I uh, got in there, rebounded, like I said, played some defense. There was a stretch. There was one sequence where, and Tommy highlighted it. Tommy mentioned that uh, you got to like the the closeout, or not, that's not the word to use, but uh, you, he made note of Yabusele's defense. I forget exactly who it was, but he was defending a pick and roll. He slid over and stopped the ball handler, Showed, which means you show your numbers, you slide over so basically the defender can see your numbers. So you get your chest in front of the defender. He showed, the defender gave it up, then his guy set another pick, and Simmons came off of that pick, and Yabuselli slid over, stopped that penetration, and I think ultimately... A couple more passes, Philly scored in the play, but that defensive sequence was very nice. Very nice defense from Yabuselli. So uh, he showed flashes. So that's those are the things that you're just looking for. You're just looking for some signs that the guys know what they're doing, that the guys can perform in situations when, when they have opportunities to cash in. So when it comes to my favorite tag team wrestling uh, team there, uh, Semi Ojale and, and Gershon Yabusele, those two guys showed to me tonight that they have enough skill at the moment to take advantage of situations like this. When there's a guy that is of equal or lesser talent, that they can take advantage of those spots. They have 
solid defensive principles that maybe they don't always execute, but they can execute. Ojale was defending in the post, did a nice job on a couple of possessions. So they can do things. They have it in them. They're rookies. They're going to make a lot of mistakes. But you want to see the flashes. So when you look at film tomorrow or today, Tuesday, when people are, are listening to this and the guys, while you listen to this, the Celtics are going to be in the film room. You want positive things to highlight, to say, this was good. This was good. You know, you always want to have something positive. You don't want to just shit on a guy in, in the film session because then it's, it's discouraging. Even these guys who have tremendous egos, which you all, you all have to have to be at the NBA level, you have to have a big, strong ego. But you can't just have a guy just constantly shitting on your, your play. You got to have some positives. So Yabusele and Ojale showed uh, some positives. And now, insurance-minded speeches from Geico. It's a common expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the Geico app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold, emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay. Get the Geico app, look it in the mouth, get amazing services. Thank you. One bad note before I start wrapping this up with some rapid fire notes. One bad thing that happened is Aaron Baines sprained his knee. I uh, hyperextension. So without Marcus Morris, uh, the knee injury to Aaron Baines could change what the Celtics plans are for opening night. I don't know what they're planning to do. There's been a lot of discussion about this. Who do they start? Do they start Aaron Baines? Do they start Marcus Morris? Morris has missed basically all of the preseason. He's only just gotten a few days of practice under his belt. Meanwhile, we've seen positive things from Aaron Baines. And then he goes out and he hyperextends his knee after only a few minutes of play, only eight minutes in tonight's game. So... I don't know how serious it is. It doesn't seem that serious, but it's one of those things you'd never know with a hyperextension. It's one little tweak here and there. It could be the difference between missing a couple of days or missing a couple of weeks. So if Aaron Baines can't go, then that puts a little extra pressure on Marcus Morris to get up to speed pretty quickly. I would expect Morris to start on uh, Wednesday night. So the Celtics will wrap up their preseason schedule against the Hornets. One more game, and that's going to be Marcus Morris's only game. And like we said on yesterday's podcast, he made the comment the other night that it's going to be too easy. It better be too easy for you because at this point, they, they're going to need him. Uh, a hyperextended knee is probably not a big deal. Probably not a big deal. But it's not nothing, and they're not going to risk putting him out there. They're not going to risk putting Baines out there for you know with the possibility of re-injuring anything. So I would expect, no matter what, that Baines will probably take the next game off, and then we'll see what happens when the season starts. Uh, it's it's coming up soon, so 
we'll see how that situation plays out. All right, couple of random notes, and then a couple of Twitter comments. We're going to wrap this up. The fourth quarter of tonight's game, the Celtics lost thirty-five to twenty-six, and that was a, as meaningless a quarter as you can get because, on top of all of the other guys who didn't play. The guys that started did not play. So the people who got meaningful, like Jabari Bird and Kadeem Allen, which, let me just say, go to my Twitter page. Again, if you're not following me, it's Reds Army underscore John. Go to my Twitter page and check out the alley-oop. Bird got the steal over to Kadeem Allen, back to Jabari Bird for the alley-oop. It was in the last couple of minutes of this most meaningless preseason game in a meaningless preseason quarter, and the Celtics bench lost their shit over it. To go check it out, it's on my Twitter page at Reds Army underscore John. It was so much fun. Those guys were totally into that. They were really excited about that alley oop. But that quarter that they lost thirty five to twenty six is the first quarter that they've lost. All preseason. They've won all previous, uh, what's that, 11 quarters, which uh, that stat comes from Sean Grandy, the Celtics play-by-play voice on, on the radio. And as he mentioned in his tweet, it comes with all the appropriate caveats and asterisks, but it goes to show that the Celtics have been pretty good this preseason, and they've showed... 11 they've shown a level of cohesiveness that is is impressive and a bit unexpected. So uh, that was a nice it was a nice thing to to have a nice little run to have. Uh Abdel Nader, I want to give him a shout out for having a decent game. I don't know exactly what his future is going to be with the Celtics. I tweeted out that I wonder if he's going to have kind of a Gerald Green end of bench role where he gets a bunch of DNPs, and then all of a sudden one game, nobody seems to be able to score, and and it's going to be one of those games where all of the Celtics media are tweeting out, after one quarter, the Celtics are shooting 25%, and then in comes Abdel Nader as a guy who can be instant offense off the bench. Who knows? I, I don't know what he's going to be. I honestly don't. because He shows some things. He shows... The potential for pretty good offense. He can score the ball. No doubt about that. He can score the ball. He was the D-League uh, Rookie of the Year. He, he, he has shown potential as a basketball player. And he will have a long career somewhere, somehow. Even if most of it's overseas, or even if it's bouncing around the NBA, I feel like he will make a fair amount of money over the course of his career by the time he's 40 years old. He will have made more money than most people make by the time they're 40, just playing basketball. I don't know what that's going to be for the Celtics, but there is, I think, somehow a possibility that he can fill an end-of-bench Gerald Green role where he gets called upon when the entire team is cold, and then he has these hot stretches, and then he sits down for a while. So, I... Who knows? Who knows? But Nader showed he could hit the three. He drove. He had a very nice drive where I think it was Simmons came over to challenge, and he adjusted in midair and finished with his left hand. You could see that the defender comes over and is targeting what it seems that he thought was like he was going to challenge a dunk, and then Nader adjusted in midair, 
show good body uh, awareness, good awareness of the situation, but good body control and the ability to finish that and absorb the contact is impressive. That is an impressive thing. So just kind of curious of where Nader, uh, Nader is is going to be. Uh, Jason Tatum had a decent, you know, quiet game, quiet game, but he had one decent play where he got the steal, drove the length of the floor, got the and one, laid it in. He shows a nice smooth ability on the floor, even when he's not taking a lot of shots or even when he's not making the shots. Again, from game three, at game three from game one, I look at the misses as much as I look at the makes, and the misses are soft. The misses are generally on target. They're not wild, and that is important because wild misses show you're not even close. Those misses that are a little short, a little long, maybe a tiny bit off to the left or right, just that just shows you're just dialing it in. You know, you're just tuning, fine-tuning. It's like if you're tuning a guitar, and you just got to you twist that one more, one little bit, and you're getting that note. That note's not quite right. Eventually, you get it. That's where I think Tatum kind of is right now. He's not dialed in, but the misses aren't so off that it tells me he's just nowhere close. He's he's right there. So I think he'll he'll figure it out. So not not a big night for Tatum, but I'm I'm not I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. And one last note for me, because we talked Jason Tatum, you gotta talk Markel Fultz. And Markel Fultz, I thought, had some stretches where look, this kid is driving. He is getting to the basket. And for him, I'm gonna I would say that a lot of the same things I said about Jalen Brown, where he just drove to the basket and there was a stretch where he did okay and he got to the free throw line and once he was at the free throw line, holy shit was that a mess. A mess. Man, that guy. I've seen some bad free throws and he's got this weird rest the ball in his hand, gets it up to his like shoulder and just flicks it up. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what that is. But that's disgusting whatever he's doing from the free throw line is disgusting i am personally offended by his free throw shooting right now and it's been an issue in philly and for his own sake i hope he goes back to whatever form he had before i don't know what they're doing that has got to be fixed but he did drive a bunch and he did draw fouls he did take five free throws uh but he also had uh, four turnovers, and there were some stretches there where I don't think he really even wanted to be on the floor. He just looked disinterested in a couple of stretches. So maybe I'm maybe I'm looking for things to be negative about Markel Fultz. And again, caveat early, blah 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 blah. Whatever. Just the thing that I noticed. Just the thing that I noticed. I'm not gonna. I'm not crushing the kid. I am crushing him for his free throws though. Those were just freaking horrible. Oh my god, those were bad. Okay, that's the post game show. I want to thank everybody. Uh, I don't. I, I think I mentioned it yesterday. Maybe I didn't. Last week was our best statistical week on the podcast. I know you Celtics fans. You are thirsty, thirsty for it, thirsty for this season to start. So are we, and we are thrilled that you are here with us. Uh, 
every day, Monday through Friday, even if occasionally it has to just be one of us talking to you, most of the time it's me or it's Jay King or it's uh, Sam Packard. That Two of us are, are going to be here most nights. But I just want to say a thank you to all of you who listen. And so many more of you are listening. And that is great. But, but... I'm going to ask you to keep sharing the podcast. So if you are a subscriber, I need you to rate us five stars and give a good review. Write that review if you can. Just let people know that it is a great podcast. Let people know what you love about the podcast. If you love this show and you have not rated us, that is huge because the people who stumble upon the show look at the ratings and that will be the difference between them clicking to check us out or not. And we don't ask you for any money. That's the way you pay us because more people who listen, the more we can charge the advertisers. That's just how it goes. So really appreciate you listening. I'm asking you to take that one extra step to rate us the five stars and give us a good review. If you are somebody who has just stumbled onto the show, I hope that this show has been good enough that you decide to subscribe or at least give us an opportunity to come back with two hosts so you can get a little bit more of the back and forth. I think, you know, I think I did okay, but it's different with me and Jay. It's different with me and Sam or Jay and Sam. It's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun on the show, but subscribe. If you are looking for a place to subscribe, you know, we got, we're on Spotify. We're everywhere podcasts exist. We want to thank you for that. Uh, also, we exist on smart home things like Alexa or Google Home. You can just ask the device to play the Lockdown Celtics podcast, and they will. All right. Once again, the Celtics destroy the Philadelphia 76ers. 113.96. Leave us comments with the hashtag Rain and Jays on Twitter. Follow me at Reds Army underscore John. Jay is at by Jay King. Sam is at Jam Packard. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been the Lockdown Celtics podcast. We're a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.